How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is a friend of mine who I met a few years back in Los Angeles. He was working in the cannabis industry for a vape company that was doing marketing uh, with my company in LA. We remained in touch and uh, he did some freelance media work for Action. And then he also had me on his podcast called Struggle to Strength with his co-host, Josh Levine. We really hit it off and I was like, you know what? I think uh, he'd be a great guest on here. We talked about the cannabis industry and what it was like for him. Uh, some fun stories. We talked about starting a digital media company, which for him is thriving right now. And what he's done to get it to that point, even during COVID where, you know, I think a lot of people dove into this space and probably didn't have a whole lot of success. He's also a certified drone pilot. And I was really interested about this. We talked a lot about it. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Give it up for my friend, Travis Hawks. But before we get started, a really quick shout out from our sponsor of this podcast, Action Specialty Roast Coffee and Natural Supplements. You won't find better specialty roast coffee on the market. It's all natural. It's sourced from the highlands of Guatemala. It's roasted in small batches in Austin, Texas, and shipped directly to your doorstep. There's dark roast all the way to light roast, whole beans, and even you weirdos who drink it in a K-cup. We've got it covered all the way around. Even a signature blend. It's a mix between a dark roast and a medium roast. It's called Rumble Time. It's with Anthony Rumble Johnson, who, by the way, has a big fight coming up May 7th on Showtime against Yoel Romero. If you guys are MMA fans, you're going to want to check that out. You're going to want to use code Rumble or Curious. You'll get 15% off. If you sign up for a subscription, you'll get 20% off. Coffee, supplements. Things like turmeric and hemp, things like MCT oils, things like mushroom coffees for immunity and endurance, and great apparel, hats, t-shirts. Show your support any way you can. Go to drinkaction.com, action with a K, use code word curious, and enjoy the episode. people and it's like like this you know what i mean it's weird man like we met at an event you were on like the street team for ghost vapes yeah you got uh you did a podcast episode i did yeah that's right with dante yep yeah i remember that oh, yeah oh there we go man have it. i just uh i just put some some of my old ones on on ebay Really? The company, the company got shut down. So I had like 10 vapes or something just chilling around from like going to trade shows. And, um, you know, I was like one of the people, I was like one of the main people that would get sent out to like trade shows, especially by the end, I was like just traveling all over the place doing meetings and trade shows and demos and stuff. So I had like a bunch of those vapes in boxes sitting around still. And I was like, I might as well just sell these. Right. Like, there's got to be, there's definitely a, a, you know, kind of like a niche market of people who really love those products. So we threw them up and like, we've gotten, we've sold, we've sold a few so far. Yeah. I mean, I gotta be honest. 
uh, first of all, I mean, they were super well made. So, I mean, I'd love to understand how you came to, cause they were a European company, right? They were based in like London or somewhere in Britain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the companies, the companies shut down. So we can, we can speak totally honestly about it, <laughs> about the product. If you don't like it. Yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, I thought it was made very, very well. It's heavy. I mean, I would say I just enjoy smoking flour. So it's yeah. like hard for me to justify carrying around a contraption. For sure. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's like, if you use like a volcano, then you would use this. It's like chilling by your TV when you're watching a movie or something like, yes, it's not a portable vaporizer in any way. And it's just a super, like, I think, I think the issue with the, com like the, with the company was, it was a really well-made product designed by um, people who were not like the users of the product. So they don't know what people want. Um, and there was too much, um, like there was too much emphasis on being like a huge company when the industry itself didn't allow for that. So like, if you were to launch this product right now and it was just you and it was like you working with your you know team in china or whatever to get the product made and then you were selling it online um and you know you're just working like that i think it would have been a successful small company because it's just a there's a there's a small niche group of people that like really were into it like they loved it and it is really well made like if you're somebody that really likes it and knows how to use it um, like, like I am personally, I like it a lot. Like I use it, you know, I use it a lot. Um, and I know how to use it really well. So I have a great experience with it, but, um, it's just not for the large majority of people that use cannabis. Like they're just not, it's not like made for them. You know what I mean? How did you get connected with those, uh, everybody over there? Um, nothing like special. I mean, I just, there was like a job posting. So I saw, a jo I saw a job posting on angel list. I don't know. Do you know angel list? That's a pretty sick, like I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully permanently out of the looking for a job game forever. Cause I'm just like, not, I'm not feeling that, but, um, angel list, if you are looking for a job, angel list is a great platform. And it, it started out as a startup to link, um, CEOs, like aspiring CEOs with VCs to get like funding. And then it turned into a platform where like startups could get VC funding and employees. So if you're looking to find a job at a startup, Angelus is the shit and it's way better. It's, I don't know, it might be clogged now, but you know, all those sites like LinkedIn, uh, not, I mean, LinkedIn kind of sucks too, but like monster zip recruiter, indeed, that's just trash, man. You don't want to, you don't even want a job. Like I've gotten, that's how I got like several of my jobs in my life. And like, you don't even want a job, any job that they offer on there, you don't want. Cause like, why would it be on there if it was a good job? You know what I mean? No, I'm a, I stress so much and look, it's easier said than done. You have to build a relationship or you have to build a network 
through relationships and that takes time and it takes effort and it takes luck a lot of times like meeting the right person at the right time and knowing exactly what you want to do too exactly and that's i think what a lot of people's problem is they don't know oh for sure but without any of that i i mean that's where the good opportunities lie good opportunities lie behind relationships good opportunities don't go to the like oh let's you know in some cases it's pooled out and they interview a lot of people for a certain role but most cases it's like the job's already filled before you even have an opportunity to see it's available exactly yeah yep no 100 percent. that's really uh, interesting but yeah so i found them through angelist which i think so to that point like angelist is pretty is pretty cool um if you're trying to get into like the startup game because like if you don't have the if you don't like you said if you don't have those networks and connections this is kind of a way to get them because most startups aren't going to hire you unless they know that you have startup experience um, or, you know, you've built a network with them and they're like, oh, this guy's legit. He can do this job and he can hang with us. And, you know, he's, right. he's, he's good people. Um, but like Angelus is kind of a way to get started in there. So I, I just was looking on there. I found the job um, posting and I interviewed with the company and i and like you know i i had interviewed like a couple places but they just they gave you know they gave me the job and then a f i don't know a few weeks later i was like on i was on tour with i was out on tour with slightly stupid and jaybug and oh no shit um it was it was sounds a summer tour so it was yeah it was it was, it was cool man like the beginning especially the beginning like year or whatever that job was was awesome it was a lot of fun we uh they were sponsoring like this tour with um for like marketing purposes with it was the sounds of summer tour it was slightly stupid's um like tour and then jaybug um iration and the movement um were on there so like a few weeks after i was hired they're like yeah we have this tour going on like i didn't even really necessarily know about it um, they're like, I think like, we'll have you send you and Josh, um, out like on the road to do that. So we were on the road for like a month or whatever. We, we got on the bus in like Detroit and we rode it all the way back to Los Angeles. And we were just basically like, basically just partying, you know, <laughs> like we were doing like all the marketing at like the events and stuff, um, like along the way. So we were like, we were working the whole time, but it was, it was wild. It was a crazy time. That was a good time. Oh man, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. Did you find yourself in any like really weird, sketchy situations as far as events? Because I don't know if you know, like our the the event that you guys sponsored for us and set up like a really dope vape bar. There was like I didn't I didn't even realize it until after the fact, but we rented that space through the general manager who didn't have authority to rent the space. And so the owners of the building found out that we were having events and parties there and got like really pissed off about it. And it became an issue and come to find out like these people were investors who had basically set this building up as in a kind of like a trap, like a high-end trap house mm -hmm. where they were brokering really big cannabis deals, international deals inside of this building. And oh they kind of had it as, as kind of like a, I guess, as a front in a, in a lot of ways, but they didn't want to draw a whole lot of attention other than just like 
kind of bring people in as like a social club and then almost as a way to feed what was going on there, I think. But right. um, yeah, it got a little sketchy and then, you know, people got involved and started. Yeah. It got weird. <laughs> so sketchy. <laughs> uh yeah what kind of what kind of uh what kind of weird like situations did you get in oh man we um so <laughs> i'll tell this story so i hope he listens too so we got involved with this kid he hit me up on instagram and was like hey i see you have an events company and i'm throwing an event curious if you would be able to like provide services and then we can kind of like co-brand it I'll give you some publicity. I'm a music performer. I'm going to be performing my new single at this party. Had a lot of social media presence and I kind of did some digging and seemed like he had like legit support, a lot of people dialoguing with him. And so uh, we kind of went together on this party and uh, like the last week of it, the location changed. We were supposed to be doing it at this like really dope mansion in Be uh, Beverly Hills. And at the last minute, he's like, yeah, it fell through. We got to go do it at this different place. And it was still sick, man. It was like a, a really badass house in the Hollywood Hills. But we like went there the night before and the owner was there and he was asking a lot of weird questions. And I'm like, I don't think this guy knows that we're going to have like a humongous party. It was going to be 420. Yeah. And so we had had a half pound of uh, Pearl Pharma sin mint cookies rolled up into a gold 24 karat gold joint from shine paper and like we were planning on blazing that we had fuck man i don't know 500 people invited to come to this house we had food we had drinks we had infused chocolate fountains i mean it was all kinds of sponsors with product table set up for dab stations and uh we are getting there and the owner didn't leave. And we're like, what? I'm like, what? I like, he's supposed to be leaving. Well, then you could see he's starting to get pissed off because like we roll in a red carpet, there's a giant board out in front of his house and you see his neighbors starting to look. And my brother's like, Hey, I don't He's like, did you notice that the front gate has all these zip ties on the front gate? And they had like old disturbance citations from LA County or from the sheriff's department because this dude was like some trust fund kid that would throw parties up in the mansion and his neighbors were like calling the cops on him. So he gets fucked up, disappears. We go on with this event. We got a DJ fucking smoke billowing out of this house. And the next thing you know, there's like a traffic jam because we had rented buses. And I don't know yeah. if anybody's ever been up in the Hills, but it's hard to like navigate a bicycle. Yeah. Let alone. Oh my God. Yeah. We had like three, fucking 20 person buses like taking people from parking lots down near like um the hollywood bowl up into the hills and the cops end up showing up so the dude who set it all up i'm like hey bro this is your party because he was he was actually kind of getting weird like i found out he was taking money from sponsors just all the dirty shit that you find out and you live and you learn kind of yeah. working through that stuff but the cop showed up and he's like, Hey man, I need some help. They, they told me if I give him a thousand dollars cash, they'll just kind of go about their way and they'll put us back at the bottom of the list and we can go about our party. So like, it's almost seemed like it was a shakedown. They knew people were throwing this, these types of parties and stuff. 
on 420. Right. So like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're on your own. So yeah. he supposedly gave the cop a grand and they disappeared, went out, but his microphone cord wouldn't work. And so he never ended up being able to perform and ended right, up. Of course. Yeah. Right. It just like turned into this epic disaster. That sounds like a classic uh, weed industry event. <laughs> everybody wanted to ride everybody else's coattails, but nobody yeah. wanted to like do the work and invest anything in it. And it's like, it's since then I've, it's funny. Like I talk about stalkers all the time, but I've kept him in my radar, just kind of periodically peeping and kind of seeing like what's going on. And it's just like, you see like the next wave of people, but dude, there's, there's That's a so lot insane. of people out there like that. Yeah. Oh dude. Especially, I mean, in LA, uh, like Los Angeles is a concentration of them. It's almost like that is the soul of like that city in a way, like, cause everybody. So I went to, I went to high school at a, like a boarding school. Um, it's like a, a long story, but I kind of got, I got in like a lot of trouble, um, in my early like high school years. And it was just, it was kind of like bad news for me to be around there. So I, I like left and went to a boarding school, um, for like the last three years of high school before I went to college. And that's what I noticed there. Cause like, I came from a really small town with like really tight friends. Like I'm from Northern New Hampshire, like near like Canada, um, you know, couple, like an hour, an hour South of Canada. And it's like, where I, where I come from in New England, it's like everybody, like you have your tight friends and it's like ride or die for each other. And this, uh, like, you know, this kind of, I don't know, this, there's like a weird, like facade type lifestyle in like Los Angeles that just seems so like for like foreign to me. Cause it's like, yeah, where I'm from, it's like, you know, your word like if you say something it's true you know what i mean like if you say you're going to do something you're going to do it um and you get like i get out to la and it's like i don't know there's like a weird like yeah every like people are trying to do these like big parties and stuff and it's like oh it's going to be like so sick but they don't have necessarily the like the funds and and the the people to even like pull through on it you know what i mean um and i and i and i recognize those type of people because when I went to this boarding school, like that's the way people were there. They were all, it's like a concentration of people that are all from different places and they all had kind of a previous life. And then they come to this place and they kind of have a free pass at like being anybody they want to be. Cause nobody in this school knows who they are. So they can literally say like whatever they want about who they are. You know what I mean? And I feel like Los Angeles is kind of like a bigger example of that it's like a boarding school where like everybody, nobody is from there. It's like a random area that people come from all over the place. They don't know anyone else there. And they kind of have like a new beginning where they can make up any, any, they can be anything they want. They can make up any story they want. Like no one's going to like fact check them. And so like going for like going to high school with people, with people like that, that's the first thing I noticed because it was so weird to me. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Um, why are these people like just uh, making up all this shit? You know what I mean? Because it's like so obvious uh, to me. And then, and then I was like, okay, whatever. And I went to college, and and then when I got out to LA, I saw the same thing. I was like, oh, I know, I know what's going on here. 
it's the same type of thing. It's like people are like, you know, I don't know. So it's a kind of like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird vibe in that city. It's the thing that frustrated me more than anything. And it's like, there was a point in time we were really focused on that cannabis events business, you know, kind of really more, more from even working directly with consumers, doing small parties for like birthdays and things like that and realize there wasn't a, you couldn't scale that and tried to make it a little bit more commercial. How do we tap into the brands, give them an ability to showcase products, but it's just, there were so many things that were already in motion. And, and so it just, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was interesting because I'd find myself going to meetings. It's like you drive fucking two and a half hours and then it's like, nobody would show up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, not a big deal. And other people were like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, how is this? This isn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most frustrating thing in the world for me right fucked now. Fucked up my whole day, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, dude, I had like, I had so many good times working um, in that industry. Like I literally, um, have you seen the, the, uh, I, okay. I remember I was like, trying to remember the movie she's in. I smoked a joint with Rachel McAdams on our tour bus. Um, like, she, like crazy like i met so many the notebook yeah yeah yeah, Ra yeah rachel mcadams she's like the actress in like the notebook um she she's was like she, what'd you wait what'd you say i was gonna was she in um she in wedding crashers too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think so no no, no, no i think that's somebody not. else okay yeah that's a different actress i can't i don't know i can't think of anything else she's in but um like yeah the girl in like the notebook like um she was friends with her husband was friends with somebody at our company um so they they came over and they were like on the tour bus we were like smoking a joint um and like being in los angeles i was there for probably like five years total and especially working in the weed industry there's just so much like buzz going on in it and all these like events and stuff and so like there was just so many crazy parties we had a we had a party with like halsey that artist halsey um and like same same thing it was like this whole party it was basically like a massive flop for the company spent like 20 grand on it probably and um she like like barely showed up did like two songs and like bounced and um yeah just tons tons of experiences like that and like but like as an uh, as an employee I had a great time. I mean, it was, you know, it was a great time as long as you try not to get too invested in like the outcome of things. Yeah. It was great. And like, I really appreciate like my time in there and everything, but um, as like a owner of a company, I can imagine that it would have been incredibly stressful. We, we did an event we hired a, we, we hired a band. I'll leave it at that. And we, we had to pay prepay to get them there. So wire them a substantial amount of money fair, like for us, a substantial amount of money, thousands of dollars, um, multiple members of this like band that needed to be covered. So assume they're splitting it all up and we kind of got facilitated through their manager kind of, but like never was involved. You know what I mean? So like they show up, we had to pay for all their fucking food and drinks, which like, by the way, I'm not complaining about like it totally signed up for all of it was no problem with it. So afterwards, they're like getting ready to finish. And the manager comes over and is like, Hey, yo, um, you guys owe the other half. 
I'm like, wait, what, what other half? Like, what do you mean? And he's like the other half of the bill. Yeah. Like, the other you, half. That was for the band. Like I get paid too. Right. And I'm like, go get your 10% from the band, man. Like yeah. that's, that's not, that's not me. And he's like, if you like, if you don't pay, like I've got people that are going to come here, like this is going to get really ugly. I'll ruin your company on social media. I mean, it got, got like, you know, in the moment I'm like, okay, how do I handle this? Because I know how I would handle it if I was back home, yeah. but I'm, I'm in Skid Row area. Right. You know, with very limited people who I know this couple of these people are fairly famous. Uh, you know, I'm sure they've got money. I'm sure they've got connections. And I mean, it got, got a little sketchy, but totally was trying, they tried to hustle us, you know, yeah. and thankfully we stood our ground and we're able to kind of work through it in a reasonable way. But did you, did you end up like, did, like, did you guys come to an agreement or were they like bullshitting or what do you like? Were um, they legit? We end, I ended up paying, we paid money, but yeah. we didn't pay double, you know, yeah. I, it was kind of a, we definitely were not obligated to pay anything. In addition, I went back and reread every message, every text message, every email, you know, and shame on us for not having like a legit tied up legal contract, but yeah, we were trying to like do things on a shoestring budget and, you know, grow a business super fast and you get an opportunity to work with some people and you'll, you know, they were like, this is how we're going to do it. And they showed up and they, they put on and did a fucking bang up job too. But you know, this guy, I don't know if it was his own hustle or his own racket, what, what the deal was, but I quickly realized that I wasn't getting out of it without paying something. So then it became like, okay, how do I just damage get on his level? Yeah. So I'm like, look, man, I, I apologize that there was some sort of misunderstanding, miscommunication and just tried to level set with him and gave him a fraction of what, he was looking for us to give him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I kind of looked at it as a win probably was a loss, but no, I mean, not really like that, you know, you can, you can only do, you can only do the best with what you have in a situation. So like you said, if you like in that moment or maybe after you can always look back and be like, fuck, I should have done this, this, and this, but you're, that's because of this one situation or this one problem which is giving you like the stress and what you're not thinking about is like your, you know, all the other things that you did right. And all the other things that have taken your time. Like when you're like running the business, you have to do fucking everything. So I, cause like I I'm in that situation now with like, with no, I mean, not this situation, but I'm in a situation the same similar right now where I'm thinking that way because of like taxes with my business. I'm like, fuck, why didn't I like get the systems in place to, to do my, to do all of my um, finances correctly. So I'm not like fucking myself over right now, but you know, you have to have that perspective of like, oh, it's because I was like focusing so much on sales and growing my business. And now I just have to like play pickup and like you get in those situations and it's like, you know, oh shit, like I should have maybe done more due diligence on this person or gotten like the contract. But what you're not thinking about is like, all the other work that you did to get yourself even into the position to be there. And sometimes you fuck some things up and that, you know, that I think it's all just about like, you know, just like taking your licks kind of and moving forward because like 
yeah, maybe if you had like gotten all those things in place, you wouldn't even have been there in the first place and you would have been 10 steps behind. You know what I mean? So I don't know. No, it's great perspective. It's really good perspective because you're right. You know, it's like you're never going to be perfect. You know, it's and I think as long as you learn from those mistakes, then you just you slowly start to close the gap and you have less mistakes in what you do. You get better. You never get perfect, but you get better. Yeah, for sure. So how yeah, has the transition been? Um, It's been awesome. I mean, awesome in in more ways than it hasn't been awesome <laughs> it's been i've been i've been loving it man like and i'm finally at the place i'm finally at a place now where i'm like profitable and you know it's not like i'm running a business and where i'm like selling a product or something where profitable is even really the right word but i mean profitable as in i'm making enough i'm making more money than i'm spending on my business and in my life and so, AKA, like I'm able to like pay my bills and- um, It's a career I'm, now. It's a career, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm finally at that point, which I think like, you know, for doing, for doing this, it's been like one year. Um, Cause I started, I started when COVID happened um, at, at first. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty like, pretty stoked at where I'm at. I'm where I'm at now. Like I'm starting, I've been kind of like consistently leveling up and leveling up and now I'm at, I'm just, I'm just like barely getting to a point where I'm starting to be in the vicinity of like where I want to be or like at the starting point of where I want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to be like, I want to take it like way bigger than where I am now, but um, so I'm I guess starting happy with it. For anybody that's listening to this, that doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. So obviously as we spent like the first 20 minutes, you were in the cannabis industry where I met you, but you since have moved to, are you in Denver? Or I'm in Denver. Yeah, you are in yeah. Denver, right? So you're in Denver now and you, you launch your own digital media company. Yeah. 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 During that. So basically, yeah. So I was in the cannabis industry, um, up until last year around March and kind of, as we were like alluding to earlier, the writing was on the wall that the company was going to fail. Um, and so I was pretty, I was pretty prepared for it. And I, I decided like before that, maybe even like six months before that, I was like, all right, I need to just get myself into a better position than I'm in because like, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't, I wanted to just start like having my own like things that I own that generated me money. So like real estate was the first thing I started doing. So I like bought my first house um, do, using a strategy, which is called like house hacking. So basically like, I was able to buy a house at 3% down, move into it, and then rent out the rest of it to cover all my bills. So like I was living there like totally rent-free. So this was before COVID. So when COVID happened, I was in a great position actually, because then I lost my job um, and I was paid unemployment by the state plus an an additional $600 a week, right? So I was like, making as much as I was making for my job, but I had already, with my job, I'd leveraged like my job to get a mortgage. So I was already in a position where I had like basically zero living expenses. So like when that happened, I was like, all right, damn, like I'm just kind of like miraculously in this position where 
my house is all set and rented out. I'm like, I've got zero living expenses. I have just realized that I'm like, started doing this thing, which is like videography that I really like and I'm good at and I can make money off of. And then the government's going to give me a bunch of money for five months. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pour all that into like buy gear, you know, get the education. Like I bought gear and some like online courses to take. Um, and I just basically worked like, you know, six to seven days a week for like a year. And now it's like starting to work out. But yeah, it's kind of like a, an interesting like position that I found myself in. Like, <clears throat> I think like on face value, you look at that and you're like, fuck, I just bought this house and now I lost my job. Like, you know what I mean? But if you like kind of shift your perspective a little bit, maybe like eat some mushrooms, you can realize like, this is actually the best position I've ever been in in my entire life. And that's kind of like, yeah, the way I felt about it. Well, think about it. I mean, our reactions and feelings about any given situation is only built on the baseline that we've kind of formulated our reality on. And so everything goes back to that baseline. It's like, oh, this is bad only because I believe this is right. Right. You know exactly. What I mean? yeah. yeah. So, I mean, 100%. that's the power of thought and perspective. I mean, you can truly shift something, almost anything you can shift into a positive scenario just by looking at it differently and deciding that you're going to look at it positively. I think you can shift anything. So like, I don't think there's a single, cause I've thought about this a lot because like I had this kind of like curse. I think it's like genetic, honestly. Cause like my fam, my whole family's like that. My whole family's like negative, very negative about everything. And uh, I've like, honestly, a huge, like once I started like using psychedelics um, occasionally, that's where I started to be able to realize that I could like shift my perspective a little bit. So I think that that honestly had like a major thing to do with it. But that's, um, that's what I realized, like, that you really can't, I, th I honestly think that there's like, I don't think there's a single, I don't even want to like go down those rabbit holes. But like, if you give like any situation, no matter how fucked up it is, I can probably find like a positive side to it. Well, and it makes sense because if you think about when people, most people act out of fear, right? <clears throat> so if you choose to look at everything in a positive light, you're going to be less fearful yeah. of outcomes. And then you'll be able to act in a way that's actually strategic in nature, as opposed to acting out of fear, because you're fearful that you can't control something or you're fearful of how someone's going to look at you because of a scenario or because of a situation, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I think uh, you're probably right. Even death. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It's man. You know, I was just home. Um, my wife and I took a trip back to where I grew up in a small Northwestern PA. Um, nice. Went back to see family before Easter, kind of split it up before we go see her family next week. And um my grandfather passed away when I was very young. I was in third grade and he was just larger than life personality. This guy that just like everybody loved him, you know, and especially growing up in this small town where everybody knew everybody. It was just like, I was so proud that he was my grandfather and he passed away when he was 52. 
of a heart attack. And, you know, yeah, man, it's tough. You know, especially as I've gotten older and get closer to that age, you know, and have like your parents get to that age. It's, I don't think I really ever realized how much I carried trauma from that. I, you know, I handled it. I was the oldest grandchild. Um, I handled it. I tried to like be strong, didn't want to cry. He was like a really tough guy. So like, it was probably a little bit of that too. Like got to be strong for grandpa. And, you know, I've thought about it all the time. Like, man, would life be different? You know, my parents went through a divorce. It was really, you know, messed up and childhood had some, some shit that went wrong. Um, I just had my younger brother on the podcast and we were talking just about things that he dealt with. Cause he's 10 years younger than me and kind of had to go through a lot of shit, you know, and we think sometimes like, man, if he wouldn't have passed away, would he have been the glue to kept everything together? And all these bad memories would have been more positive, but then it's like, I look, I have an 18 month old son, you know, and an awesome wife. We're expecting our second child in August. And it's like, I know for a fact, if my grandfather was alive, a lot of things that occurred in life wouldn't have happened. And I would have never randomly found myself in Philadelphia, met this amazing girl, had everything else that's occurred that I'm so grateful for. And so it's, it's truly like, I guess the perfect example of saying everything happens for a reason, but I think you can't second guess anything. I think you have to look at everything in a positive light to kind of come back to where we were at before I went on that long rant. But, you know, if you look at everything from a positive light, you can find the silver lining in it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Because even like a a lot of the most um, kind of like horrible, you know, traumatic situations often are going to create the strength or motivation that you need to then go get the thing that you you know that you want to do so i think that's like yeah no you're you're spot on there um and it's like uh what's the saying like uh hard times create hard people hard people make soft children something like that soft children make hard times something, uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Like, you know, a lot of, you kind of have to like have hard things happen to you to, uh, you know, to accomplish whatever it is. So there's always, there's always a silver lining for sure. No, most definitely. So doing the, uh, all the videography, I know one of the things you do, you fly a drone. Yeah. I've been fascinated with drones. Uh, I had a drone. One of my neighbors has my drone now. Um, I got a drone for Christmas. You crashed it in their lawn or something? Or did oh, you- <laughs> dude. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't probably nothing like the professional type of equipment that you have, but I mean, it was a couple hundred dollar drone. It was, you know, it was like yay big. And, uh, I took it outside. It was kind of windy on a winter afternoon and uh, I took it up and then all of a sudden I lost control of it and nothing seemed to want to work. And it just kept going and going until it disappeared out of sight. I actually got in my car and went into my neighbor's neighborhood and was like trying to find if like there was a group of people standing around. Nothing. Yeah. Ugh. 
what what ended up happening to it i have no idea i mean just i guess took I off, spend, just yeah, went into orbit just fucking disappeared i don't know if it i mean i imagine it eventually had to like come down right but yeah no i I'd probably yeah crashed somewhere yeah i didn't have uh like any type of, i don't know is there technology where the like you can actually track where it is or it'll yeah like i have um i don't have like the craziest you know most expensive piece but i have like a professional grade one um and dude the technology is insane now like it has so many different functions it can literally like when your battery runs out it'll just return back to the spot that like use it uses gps to return back to the spot that you took off from so like if you do lose it like that and you're like because that happens to me all the time like if i fly far away and i can't see and i can't see where i came from you can just press a button and it'll fly back to you um and it's like yeah the, t the technology is insane now um but i have one that's like a pretty like you buy like it's one piece the the kind of next level ones are like big ass drones that are like custom builds which is literally like a drone helicopter which you then attach your your own gimbal that holds like an actual camera on it and that's how you get like the like um you know cinema grade stuff but mine is um mine is kind of like a like a lower level of that but still like very high quality um and i mean i mainly use it for like I mainly use it for real estate and then some like commercial type stuff where we need to like follow like a follow like a car or follow like a snowmobile or something like that. I'll use a drone. Um, but it's insane, man. Like you used to have to pay like a hundred grand for like a few days to a helicopter operator and rent all their equipment and and pay like you'd have to rent the equipment, pay for the gasoline pay for a licensed helicopter operator and then pay for multiple videographers to be in a you know dangerous like situation like the amount of money it used to cost to get like aerial photographies or any aerial shots is insane and now anyone can do it like i have a i have a a pilot license for it like a faa part 107 um but honestly like you know if you if you put it in the time and you know a few hundred dollars or whatever to get that license and then my drone was like it's like a couple thousand dollars for like a you know a top tier drone like that um you can get just insane footage like it's crazy how how sick it looks uh, what's your typical like altitude that you're flying that at or what's the um, <clears throat> it depends what air airspace you're in so like you know, there's like Gulf, like class g airspace which is pretty much um you can fly anywhere and then like more restricted would be like class e which is like i can fly up to 400 feet or 700 feet depending on the area but mainly 400 feet and that's the most common so like most space is either g or e um and then you have to and then you have to just look out like i have like a flight map so like i'll check before i fly in an area because there's different like restricted air spaces and there's like, you know, different classes. So like if I'm flying in an area that's class that's D that's Delta D airspace, for instance, that means that it's basically like restricted down to the surface. So I can't fly a drone in there at all unless I just call the airport basically and get permission from them. 
Um, so it's just kind of like staying on top of stuff like that. You don't have to, and like a lot of drone pilots, I mean, you have to, but you don't have to. A lot of drone pilots just don't. And then like I hear horror stories from people that I know of getting just totally fucked over for that. So I try to, I try to like always look at like the airspace I'm flying in and get the, the adequate permission. Because if anything, like one of my friends who has a, a, a media business as well, he hired, like he had like a big job hired out to like a drone pilot and just assumed that the guy was going to take care of everything. Um, the guy like flew, got the footage, they got the edit out. And then somebody in that area somehow saw the edit, was a drone pilot, knew that they weren't in, that that was restricted airspace, called in. The FAA looked at his video, found them, gave him a fine. He then talked to the drone pilot and luckily he like, had good morals and like took the fine and everything but yeah it's kind of crazy because that's not just like something i read on reddit that's like literally somebody that i know it happened to them like literally like the faa found his video and find him because they just knew that he was in like the wrong airspace which is kind of crazy <clears throat> that's incredible But like it's not just that like they'll pull your license like forever and shit so you got to kind of, I, I try to, I try to stay on top of it at least. Yeah. I mean, I guess, especially out there in your neck of the woods and, or in California, there's a lot of helicopters. There's a lot of low flying planes coming in and out of places. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I couldn't yeah. imagine like being on a plane, like going to land and seeing a drone zip by the window. Yeah. And there's a lot of just assholes. Like when the drones first came out, just a lot of dumbasses, man, like flying them directly in the 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 traffic pattern of planes because there's a very specific traffic pattern that planes fly around an airport um and it's really not that hard to stay out of their way but there's people like when they you know whatever i don't know when it happened like 10 years ago that drones came out or something like that mm -hmm. um there was a lot of people flying them um, in the traffic pattern because they wanted to get cool footage of the planes and it's like dude what <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask, like, why would you be so stupid to, to do that? But I guess if you're trying to get some really cool photos, that would make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem worth it to me, but yeah. <laughs> I think they're just trying to get, like, sick video of, like, planes taking off. But it's obvi obviously a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to learn how to, to use it. I mean, I love photography. I'm not very good at it, but it seems like something especially even videography it just seems like it'd be so much fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a lot of, I like, I have a great time. I, I really enjoy it. I do everything. So there's like, obviously like elements of it that are, that are tough. I think like the editing is the hardest part because you never really know. Like I'm not, I've been doing it. I've been doing like all this for like a year and I'm not any, you know, I have a, like a long way to go. Um, but editing is one where I still, I start a project and I have no idea how long it's going to take me. <laughs> I can be like, yeah, it'll take me like a day. And it's like, no way. It's going to take me four days. Editing I is I don't know. I just don't know because it's a creative thing. It's like, it's a mixture of everything. It's technical. It's creative. It's this and it's that. Like I could run into computer issues. It's like something you don't even ever think about. What if you have an issue with your external hard drive and now you have to figure that out. That could take you two fucking days. And it's like, you know, and it's the, and it's also, it's one of those like jobs. that's like super underappreciated because people are just like, just finish the edit. And it's like, dude, you have no idea what goes into that. Like I have to, I have to 
be a camera expert. I have to be a, like a file type expert. I have to have all of my hard drives working perfectly and totally organized and not get corrupted and backed up in multiple locations. And then I have to make sure like they're all working correctly and then I have to edit it. And, you know, I have to find good music to go with it and make it like, there's just so many different moving parts. And sometimes it's like, you just can't rush it almost. Well, I do all of my editing for this podcast and it's literally the same thing over and over. It's just new content. Yeah. You know, it's just a new base file, but I've got an intro an outro I have the templatized like title slides. I know it's the same thing. It's rinse and repeat. It still takes me forever because yeah. you, can, you can't go faster than you can watch it to ensure that it's correct. Exactly. Like at a minimum, you're going to spend as much time on it as it took you to record it in the first place. Right. That's if it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Which it's not. And, that, and again, that's just something that I'm chopping up, throwing some clips on and forgetting about in four or five days and just rinsing and repeating that I'm not getting paid for that. It's just a, a way to show people and, and capture their interest about something that I might be talking about where there's actually money being spent and there's creative that's going into it. I couldn't imagine the stress that must come along with that sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, it is tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of about like the, the number one, the number one thing, and it's not just for editing, but it's for kind of anything that is involved in uh, business is like setting expectations. And that's the hard part, but that's like the most important thing. So for me with my clients, it's like, I have to set the proper expectations because my, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, uh, I'm not sure where it came from, but it's something that I just learned um, from like, my like sales training is you can't get mad at somebody for doing something that you didn't tell them they couldn't do. And so that's like a lesson that I try to live by for like my business too, is like, if I told somebody that the edit was going to take two days and then it takes me four, like I can't like that has to be on me. You know what I mean? Even though this is, this is what I found is like people um, kind of like on the other side of it, like working with people, people, agree to things and then still get mad about it you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like so like i could I, I could i could be like i could be talking to someone and we're, you know we're kind of shooting the shit and i'm like yeah i'll have it i'll have it done in like three four days because i literally think that but then like i run into all these problems that aren't my own that's stressing me out and then i've got somebody like being like well, where are my edits and i'm like well you know i have to like i have to figure out a way of like getting better at that um but yeah, that's the hard part. You got to, you got to set like the right expectations. And I think that's like a, that's kind of like an under, um, undervalued like problem of like doing your, you're running your own business. It's like, how do you know what's going to happen? How do you know what's going to happen in the future? But you like have to like set the right expectations. It's hard. Well, and it, it comes with experience. And I, I would even take it a layer further and say, as somebody who's, I've bought a lot of services for things like that. Cause again, I'm, I'm fucking horrible at it. I know where my strengths and weaknesses are. I've failed too many times where I should have just spent a little bit of money and made sure that it got done the right way. But I would say that the people who want to overpromise and really set an expectation that not even they can hold themselves up to is because they're not confident in the work that they're going to deliver. And so it's like, I'm going to win the business because nobody else is going to be willing to get this to these people in two days. 
And it's like, well, there's a reason because anybody that's got confidence in their work and knows that if you don't want to kind of get quality work in a timely manner, then you can go somewhere else because I've got a line of people that are asking for me to provide work. So, I mean, it's tough when you're just getting started, you probably do have to take risks and chances and stay up all night to try to, you know, get something done because somebody wasn't willing to get it done quicker. But ultimately when I hear somebody that's like, Oh, well, yeah, no, I can do it like this. It's kind of like it raises a red flag for me right out of the gate. I'm like, uh, why are, why are you so quick to do that and not place the value on your work? Right. No, that's a great point. And I think that's kind of like, that's also, that's, that's a, a kind of a place that I've been getting more comfortable with because I know like, to your point, like I am going to take the time to do it. I'm not trying to like do something if I'm not doing it right, because my name is on this thing. You know, first of all, I'm just like a perfectionist with anything that I do. So I'm like, I have to do it the right way. But second of all, like my name's on it. So it's like better, it's better. It's almost better for me to like do a really good job and lose that client because I didn't do it fast enough for them. Um, But have this awesome thing for my portfolio and then just go get a new client with that than it is and just learn so like i've i've been i've been kind of yeah i mean i've just been learning as i go about those things like i've been firing clients like i'll just straight up like i've been (laughs) i've just been kind of like um like people that are like unreasonable with me because i dude i i'm i'm in that position i have i am swamped with work and i have an editor that works for me and he's swamped as well we're booked up so like obviously like any like people who are causing me problems like i just drop them i'm like i'm done like you know what i mean so like i think that's that's a great that's it's it's kind of stressful but it's almost like a good position to be in because now i'm like learning now i'm like okay who are the good clients and and why is it good now how can i go find more of those people and less of these people you know what i mean um and it just kind of takes like growing pains i feel like like there's no way to learn that without going through this of like having a bunch of shitty ones having a bunch of bad clients that are causing you problems but then having some good ones and then going through the problems like i think one of the one of the things that is a strength for me is like i don't have a problem getting rid of a client or firing somebody like for that like i don't it doesn't that doesn't really cause me any stress so like that that's like a benefit that i have because like I do keep getting in the situation where it's like, there's not the proper expectation set. And like, why is it sometimes it's my fault? Sometimes it's someone else's, but like, you got to like move forward and learn. All right. Yeah. Who are the good, like, what are the good situations that I've been in? What are the bad? How can I find more of these and just get rid of all the other ones. So just get them out of there. Like you don't owe anybody anything. Like I don't have to keep working with somebody, even if I, even if they're a friend, like you just got to get them out of there because it's just, it clogs shit up and it makes it impossible to like move forward. You just nailed it, dude, especially with friends. That's the tough part because it's like, there's a balance where you want to be helpful. And I totally believe in like, I totally believe in sharing your abilities and resources where you can to help everybody else be successful. And if everybody kind of contributes their strengths into more of like a community type vibe. I, you know, I think it's great for everyone, but there's that scope creep where it's like, everybody wants a free lunch, breakfast, dinner. Yeah. And it's like, okay, 
obviously you're not getting what you need from over here because you're calling me constantly for X, Y, and Z. Why not uh, help a brother out then and, you know, support me because you're throwing money in different directions anyways. Yeah. You know, friend hit the friend button. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) dude. It's uh, there's, you know, if you're going to, I think like you got to, all right, you have to like, you have to get something out of it. This is the way I feel about it. So how do I say this? Like there's, you could be like for, for me, for instance, uh, I, like starting out my business, I might be in a position to help out a friend because I just started my business. I need to build my portfolio, right? I know that like the best way to build my portfolio is to do free work as a videographer, not necessarily for everybody, but for me, the best way to build my portfolio is to do free work for people. Um, I, that's the best in fact, cause I need to, I need like the, the reason I've got, I've been able to be starting to be successful now is because I built a portfolio very fast. Like you gotta, like, you gotta get those shitty videos out of the way. Cause they're first, the first 50 are going to be just trash. It's just the way it is. So you, so it's like more of a volume game is the way I think of it. Like do as many as possible. What's, how can you do as many as possible? Do free work. Like, don't even think about getting paid at first. Just do free work. Boom, boom, boom. Start churning out shitty videos for people. You know, you did them for free. So they don't care that they're shitty, which they're just going to be. So I start doing that. But now all of a sudden I'm at, I'm not at level one anymore. I'm at level two or level three, right? Like if that friend comes back to me and is like, you know, could you do some more free work? Like the answer is no, because I'm not doing free work at this level anymore. But if someone at level 10 comes to me and is like, uh, which I'm in that position right now with somebody when they're, and they're like, yeah, you want to do this work? Well, it's with like fucking big name people and shit that's going to like could potentially like blow up my business. Hell yeah, I'll do that for free. Cause I'm getting like, if I'm going to double my price over the next year by potentially by working with you or like 50, then I'm, then I'm literally getting paid for that job. You know what I'm saying? So it's a marketing cost, but you have to understand that like there are along that way, there's all like, I think in my line of work, at least there's always going to be somebody that I would do free work for. And that pool is just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. But all like that bigger pool, the people that I would have done free work before, again, I'm not doing that anymore. And so that's like, a you have to have like the right perspective about that shit. Because like, you did like, I think a lot of people, especially like creatives are really tough with like the business side of things. And they like the way I just explained it, they would feel like, oh, well, you're just kind of using those people then. And that's the fucking thing right there. Because yeah, dude, everybody is using each other. It just depends like how you fucking look at it, man. Like I'm going to help you and you help me. I'm not helping you necessarily with expectation, but I just know that you're at my level right now and I'm going to help you. And then I'm going to move over here. doesn't mean we're not still homies and we're not still friends, but like, I'm not going to work for you for free because I, it's not helping me in any way. You're not reciprocating. And I mean, not that this could ever happen because life has so many variables, but it's like, Hey, if you want to continue to your point, it's like, there's always going to be somebody there. As long as you provide some sort of value, 
at that next level. So it's like people, they don't want to grow. They just want to tap in when they need something as you continue to grow. And it's like, Hey, you could put in the work too and get yourself up to a level where collaborating again and, you know, we can help each other, but it's like, I've kind of surpassed that now. And that's, that's where the tough conversation comes in because it's like, okay, I've now done the work for the last year, two years, three years, you haven't done anything. And now you still expect me to kind of reach down and, and lift you up. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think like, in addition to that, it's like the reason why it's not like the position. All right. I think this is, this is the way I was trying to think of it too. It's like the position you want to be in is that every, when you're getting something from somebody in reality, you're providing value. So like I'm getting this portfolio boost because I'm giving you something valuable for free. I'm giving you all something that you need for free. And that's how I'm getting my portfolio boost. You see what I'm saying? So like, I'm not getting my portfolio boost by taking something from you, by taking my portfolio boost, I'm getting my portfolio boost and getting that next level by fucking blasting out value. Like that's how I'm doing. So that's, that's a position you want to be in. Like, I think like if you're in a position with like a business or anything like that, where you have to like take without to get to the next level, just fucking quit and go do something else. Like you need to be doing something where you're like, boom, you're like providing value. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's the, or not, not quit, but shift something so that you're like, that's where you want to be in. Like, how can I, this book, let me, let me show you this book. This book like explains it really well. It's called the go giver. And it's a play on the old term, the go getter. Um, and this literally helped, helped me like this, this book, this is one of the best books ever written in my opinion. (laughs) And it's very thin. It's very small. Um, but the go-getter, it's like a story about like a, a sales guy at a company and he's trying to meet his quota and you know, it's very stressful. So he's, so he's thinking about like, all right, who do I know that I can help me get this sale? I need to get this sale. Um, and he meets this guy who becomes his guru, his like, um, his mentor, um, and teaches him the ways of like the go giver kind of. And um, the first law, so the first law of value, I'll just read this one, is your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. And so like, that's kind of like the whole premise of the book. Um, there's different like laws of, of value in there. Um, and I, th- I think that that like, it's that idea, which is like, how much more you give than you take in payment. So if all you ever think about is like, I need to get all this shit to get up here. And I need to get I need to get paid my hourly wage, right? Then you're only ever going to get paid your hourly wage. Like, your value is going to be determined by how much more you give than you get paid. Well, because so, you're not you're not clearing the pathway forward by just taking everything you can in payment, right? Because when you give more than you take in payment, yes, you're getting paid, but you're all to your point. It's like, okay, now I'm not, I'm not comfortable just being here. 
I need to now cast that line out further and see what else I can, I can find. Right. It's, it's, it's that continuation. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a very limited like mindset and it's and it's limiting because like an hourly, an hourly employee can only get like paid so much, you know what I mean? And you can only like get so far with that. Um, so you need to, yeah, you want to be in that position where whenever you're getting something, it's because you're providing value and then things are coming back to you well, I think I, is the best way to be. I mean, I can give you a real world scenario, right? So you, you and I connected, you reached out to me and we're like, Hey, I'm, I'm starting this company. I sent you out some product. You went skiing, you created a video. So you practiced both prospecting by reaching out to somebody. So you worked on that, right? It takes reps to get better at everything. You mm-hmm. got reps in, how am I going to sell the value of what I'm doing? Then you went and did the work. You took my product, you guys went skiing, you captured a bunch of content, which came at a very timely place for me because we were in the process of ending a relationship with a, a, a kind of a creative media agency we were working with. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I got to figure something out. So it was like, awesome. This is great. It filled a void for us. But what it also did was it gave me the ability to see your work. And now Rumble Johnson, who's our big sponsor fighter, has a fight coming up in May. It's generating a lot of business. We're looking now to start, you know, what's the summer media play going into Uh, fall for Black Friday, then into the holidays, like we're starting to build that plan out now. And we just had a meeting the other night talking about your media company, because my buddy was like, hey, didn't somebody create a video for us? Like, are they still doing that? Is there a way we could form a relationship with him now that we've kind of finally cut ties? And again, like you put that out there by doing the work to your point, like, okay, I'm trying to grow this. And now it's, I mean, that was months and months ago, right? Yeah. And now With we're no expectation. Up. I just did that. Cause I was like, this is, you know, yeah, yeah but, but it's, it's that, it's that whole thing in motion, like yeah, literally 100%. happening. So yeah, that's awesome. And I would love to help you guys for sure. I'm like big, like, I love, like, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of your, your coffee company and, uh, and Rumble Johnson and everything. So would love, I <laughs> would love to help you guys with whatever you need. Most definitely. We'll talk offline, but it's, it was literally something we were talking about because there's, there's some things that are coming up and it's like, I, I, again, I don't have the the capabilities to do it on a professional level and we're trying to grow the brand and, and build it into a a more and more professional brand every single day. And so, you know, that's kudos to you, man. It's uh, the growth is, is tremendous. I've been watching some of the videos you do. It's so cool. It's uh happy for you yeah thank you appreciate that very much so what do you guys have in store for the podcast um man i don't know i i I don't know what the next what the next steps are i think we're just we're just trying to like um kind of the position we're in now is like yeah we've got whatever 16 episodes we've got 17 recorded we've got another one dropping this week and um we're just trying to like keep leveling up our, our like content and our guests. So like me personally, like I had never been on, this is, this is like one of the first podcasts I've guested on. Oh, really? And yeah. And uh, so I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> and uh, this is the second one actually. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we have like 15, 16 episodes of our podcast. So like, I'm not, you know, it takes reps of being on camera to get, to get comfortable with talking on camera and all that stuff and formulating thoughts and saying them so they make sense. And, um, so I think the initial goal is like, just, you know, just start, get like 50 episodes out is kind of the way I was thinking about it. Like we're just, just focused on getting episodes out as long as every episode feels like it's better and our, our guests are getting like better and better and better. Then after, you know, whatever, 20, 30, 40, 50 episodes, then we'll start thinking about, all right, how do we like grow this thing? Like legit. But that's kind of the way I was thinking about it. Like just get better and until we're at a place where we're like, ah, I'm starting to be like, I think this is, this is sick. And then we can be like, all right, what's the strategy for like growing this? So. Yeah, no, I, I would agree, man. You guys, uh, I'm shocked that that's all that you've done and that you haven't been on more because when I was on the show is thought super smooth. You guys ask great questions. There's a lot of chemistry between you and Josh you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I think, nice. uh, if you guys can keep the consistency, you nailed it with that. I mean, trust me, there's, I'm on, this is 52. There's been some in the last 10 where I'm like, God damn, like that was horrible. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll go back and I listen to it, but then it's like, I'll get 10 people that reach out to me about that specific episode and be like, Hey, yeah. that was really powerful. And then it's the ego thing where I'm like, Oh, people really aren't even listening to what I'm saying. I'm just there to like steer the conversation most often when I have somebody like Tim Kennedy or, you know, whoever it's like, I, I they don't care what the fuck I'm saying, yeah. but these conversations are fun for me because I really truly had an interest knowing that, you know, we shared a mutual interest being in the cannabis space. I knew we had some kind of stories that we could probably share there. And you took this leap of faith in COVID, which I commend you for, I, I mean, I did it with this podcast, but so many people wasted an entire year. Yeah, I know. They wasted it's a year feeling sorry for themselves. They bitched and complained about masks. They bitched and complained about stimulus checks. They did absolutely nothing to position themselves in the new reality that we're living in. And not only did they lose a lot of time that they could have been productive, but I honestly think the world is never going to be normal or at least what we used to consider normal. So it's like, they're going to have to adapt anyways mm -hmm. in most cases. So it's like, good for you, man. And you know, I'm, I'm really excited that we were able to have this conversation, the drone stuff. I, I've been fucking fascinated with drones. What, by the way, I wanted to ask you this because I saw something and I don't know if maybe I was on hallucinogens or it was a dream. <laughs> What's the, uh, what's the largest <laughs> drone that you know of that would like film movies, even think something like outside, you know, how, how big are we talking? Um, shit. I don't know. Are you, so they have one. <clears throat> I know a guy that flies one that's like the size of like a go-kart, <laughs> but I don't know like what the, what the biggest one would be. Those are all kind of like special, like custom builds mm -hmm. generally. But um, the guy that I know, he does like inspections on skyscrapers and they have this like special drone that's like the size of like a fucking like large go-kart and it, it's like insane. Um, but yeah, I don't know like what the biggest are. 
So I was driving through the tunnel coming from the South Hills of Pittsburgh. I come through the tunnel, I get onto the highway and I'm like kind of riding alongside of the river. And I see this, what looked like a very large drone. Now mm. I'm sure it probably seemed larger than it really was because of what it was. And I was like, holy shit, but it was flying over top of the river. And like the way the highway system is here in Pittsburgh, I was up above the water, I don't know, maybe 30 feet, something like that. So this, it was like at the, the height of like bridges and it's like flying down and it looked like it had camera contraptions underneath it. But I would tell you this thing was the size of like a car, like, oh, a, shit, yeah. like a Ford Focus, something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? But it looked like a drone. It was all black, very shiny. It looked like it had cameras or sensors underneath it. But I mean, it was just kind of like cruising down the river and I'm like driving. I'm like, am I fucking seeing this right yeah. now? <laughs> It didn't. I mean, I had no idea what it was. I, I didn't think it was aliens or anything like it's like in broad daylight and there's fucking yeah. people everywhere. But I'm like, and no, there's definitely drones that big. Okay. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, military has them, you know, that fucking attack people that are that big. Um, and I'm like, I've seen like videos of them. I saw a video the other day of one that was like, um, for carrying people. Really? Like a guy got in it and it like flew off somewhere. They're like flying. They're like testing it for like Tesla or Ubers or something like that. Like d Tesla drones, something like that. They're testing it for like moving people around for like taxis shit. Do you think we get there someday? Like kind of yeah. Jetsons style where people are not necessarily in a, I think that's the misconception. Cause I don't think you could have propulsion vehicles that i think it'll be drones it would have i think it'll be, be drone, like drone right? yeah because they're so like like when you see it yeah it'll it would 100 percent be drones yeah i think i think we'll get there like pretty soon like i mean the technology is there already it's just like making people not die all over the place yeah how do you create like roads are very fine they're like right there there's lines painted on them when you're now in like 4d space yeah how you like maneuver, keep lanes and. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's all other things that are operating, like, you know, if it's other drones and airplanes and helicopters in the air, then you should be fine because they can all communicate with each other and not, and get out of each other's way, like with technology or with radios or whatever. But there's also birds and people flying kites or whatever, you know, who knows, whatever's up there. So I think that's kind of like the issue, but at least within cities, like if you were to go from like skyscraper to skyscraper in New York, hell yeah. I mean, they could do that right now. I bet like top of a skyscraper to top of a skyscraper, you know, certain locations just like hop over instead of going through traffic. They should zip line. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like I'm heading, I'm heading over to, you know, building B, like climb yeah. up to the roof and zip line over, go meet with accounting. That'd be sick. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we're going in that direction. Every every yeah. time I turn on the news, I see crazier and crazier shit. I know. But, Seriously. But hey, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Hopefully, uh, yeah, it's not definitely. the last time. I'd yeah, love would love to again. Much and. Uh, you know, see where, where things are going with you. And like I said, we'll connect offline about some of the plans that we have for action 
here over the summer. It's going to be a big year. We've got a couple of really cool things that are in, in the works right now. And uh, digital media is going to be a need for us in the, in the near term. So awesome. Yeah. Would love to do that. Um, I'm doing a lot more like, depending on what you're doing, like that's kind of like the new path that I've been taking my business is like commercials. Like I've been doing more, I've been doing, I've been, I just did some commercials that are going to be on like Hulu and other streaming platforms. So right on. I've got a solid like crew that I, that I work with too. Like I just start, I just kind of shifted over to role of like producer director instead of just like videographer. Um, so like things are, things are moving. So we can definitely help you with whatever you need. Awesome, buddy. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it a ton. Where can people find you on social media? Um, my Instagram is Travis Hawks media, T R A V I S H A W K E S media. Um, and then that's where you can see, I don't have a website yet. I probably need to do that, but you can see all my work, you know, not all, but a lot of my work on there. Shoot me a DM if you need anything. And then, um, definitely go check out our podcast. It's called struggle to strength. Um, we had Justin on there. We talk about all kinds of stuff great conversation um with him i think that was episode 10 and yeah. um yeah it's called struggle to strength podcast on apple go and i think that's those, those are probably the two places to find me right on dude well thank you enjoy uh the rest of your night i hope uh, denver's treating you well if you ever get to the east coast let me know there's a lot of great stuff to shoot here in uh the great city of pittsburgh it's always a, a fun place oh for sure I'll be back. Here. I'll be back on the East Coast soon. Right on. All right, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Definitely, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. All right.